PCMA is the definitive authority in education, business networking, and community engagement for leaders in the global meetings, convention, and business events industry. We're pleased to partner with the Dallas CVB to bring you this podcast, Going Global with Strategic Meetings Management. This session was delivered in the Corporate Meetings Headquarters at PCMA's Convening Leaders, January 11, 2016, in Vancouver. To earn CEUs, tune in at the end of this podcast for more information. Our presenter, Jamie Stapleman, Director, Global Travel and Meeting Services at Estee Lauder, will help you understand the benefits of expanding your strategic meetings management program globally. If you haven't expanded your strategic meetings management program to all the global regions that you hold business events, you can't afford to miss this case study. First, a message from our sponsor. Big things happen in Dallas. And we're the perfect choice for your meeting, big or small, with over 1,800 daily flights into two major airports and more than 30,000 hotel rooms with 16 new hotel projects over the next two years. And after your meeting, we have something to please every one of your attendees, from sports to shopping to dining and entertainment. Plus, the Dallas Convention and Visitors Bureau team is here to help you make your next meeting your best ever. Let us show you how Dallas delivers big at visitdallas.com meetings. Okay, so the title is Going Global with Strategic Meetings Management. What does that mean? Let's roll to the next slide. Um, so on this slide, we have an illustration of a woman with the world on her back. Exactly, and that's exactly how it feels when you are faced with somebody asking you to go global with whatever whatever it is in your organization. And this particular track is strategic meetings management. It can be very overwhelming because it's an area in most companies that's decentralized and it's an area that we don't know a lot about because there's not a lot of visibility into what's going on in the rest of the world or maybe even in North America. So um, some of the things I hope you walk away with are justifying the benefits of expanding SMM programs globally, learning and getting the tools to analyze the data, uh, the resources, Um, and identify key stakeholders, very essential, to help build your business case for each of those target regions. And then finally, presenting the business case to implement your SMM program globally. Those business cases you're going to do over and over again. It's not just one and done because you'll customize those for each region. Let's go to the next slide. Uh, This is the video. Our video is sponsored by American Express Meetings and Events. As you know, they do a lot of research, as do most of the, the media and event companies. You can roll the video. Percent of meeting professionals surveyed indicate they are applying their meeting policies on a global basis, a critical initiative as companies extend their operations to new countries. Increase stakeholder collaboration, improve technologies, local customization, and global infrastructures developed for other business processes appear to serve as key enablers of this rising effort. In addition to tighter spend management, Many organizations are globalizing meetings policies as a means to help reduce their policy-related compliance risks. Thank you. So very high level, but it really gives you a snapshot of what um, you're looking for, hitting some key points like a global policy. Um, All right, so with your mobile devices, um, let's just look at the cartoon first. So for this illustration, I chose this, what goes through a lot of people's minds. You go to a meeting and you're given an initiative and rather than tackle that initiative, um, let's decide why it won't work. Um, we really want to focus, if anybody who knows me, you know I'm very solution oriented and I'll take a small win and build and phase through it. Um, but I think it's really key to your success professionally and personally. 
All right, so I'd like to just talk about each of these. Um, I know some of you are starting to vote. I'll give you a little definition just so we're clear on what each of um, the factors are, and you may be changing your vote as we go. So savings, I think it goes without saying, you can save anywhere from 10, 25 to 30% your first year of an SMM. Uh, that speaks to finance, that speaks to all companies. Visibility, visibility we're talking about processes, visibility into how you do things, visibility into the data, um, and, and it's a little more comprehensive. Duty of care addresses um, security, and that is um, the obligation the company has through you know, um, evacuations, security threats, and medical threats around the world. Do you have a company engaged to monitor your employees? And when we say risk, here risk is referring to tolerance. Do you have a policy that addresses the number of folks per level in the organization that are allowed to fly together on any particular aircraft? Efficiency gains um, talk about the operational efficiencies of streamlining processes on a global basis. So a global strategy with central administration. And then regulation and legal compliance refers to um, regulatory laws in various countries as well as those regulatory laws within the own, your own organizations. So I'll give you a couple of moments if you need to change your vote. So number one, B, visibility. Very interesting. And uh, the least regulation and legal compliance. Okay, interesting. It's interesting and, and, it's, and it's not surprising. I'm not surprised savings didn't come in number one. Um, I believe B and C are actually the two areas that organizations um, are looking at today for expanding uh, SMM programs. So let's go to the next slide. All right. So why care? Why care about SMM or why care about expanding uh, a meetings program on a global basis? Well, number one and what um, everyone in this room or most people in this room, sorry, voted for was visibility. What's going on in the rest of the world? Um, compliance, number one having that global, and this is where we started at Estee Lauder Companies, we started with a policy. Before we could do anything else, we had to be able to point to policy. We wrote a global policy or global guidelines, and then the expectation is that the regions write addendums to address those local nuances. So you have a global framework, as you saw in the American Express video, and then customize it as you go to the local market. Visibility, of course, has to do with how do you do things um, in the rest of the world. So payment processes, PO systems, meetings management, do they do things internally or do they have external resources? Um, but a lot of that has to do with data and how do you gather data and get visibility into what, what's going on. Um, in a lot of places in, around the globe, there really is very limited visibility and we'll talk about how you can get into that. Transparency, of course, it's key for making any decision. If we don't have transparency into what people are doing, all you really have is an opinion, and that doesn't go very far in organizations, right? So internal and external regulations and policies, that came a little low on our, our voting scale, um, but it's really important. We have audit departments, you've got legal departments, and when it comes to contracting, you know, these folks get involved in looking at those contract reviews, um, but it's really important to know, especially when you're getting out in the world, those countries, country regulations. So some countries have regulations in terms of data transfer. So technology is going to be key to gathering the data. It's very key in our lives today. But you're going to face some hurdles when you go to certain countries where those data transfers, they have stricter laws. So these are things uh, to pay attention to. Duty of care, we talked about that before. 
and that's aligning with your security and risk folks in your organization, those folks that handle control risks, medical, security, world threats, um, and really just threats anywhere you are at any moment. That's what we found at Estee Lauder. It's not just because some of the threats that have come up recently have been in low-risk destinations, right? So we, a lot of times we think about a high-risk destination. Things that have been happening recently in the news have been in relatively low-risk cities. Uh, public relations and brand reputations, very important no matter where you work. Um, public relations, we can talk about that. Briefly, I'll give you a little story. Um, at Estee Lauder, when uh, we're part of the fashion community because we're, we're makeup and cosmetics, so we work close with fashion. And if you remember, the um, Sultan of Brunei said some very controversial things. Uh, and the fashion community decided to boycott a chain of hotels, right? And um, our folks in Europe said, it's no problem. We still want to go to these hotels. But there was a big perception problem for the company and for the fashion community, right? They really didn't want editors or the press to blow this up uh, out of proportion. So we really needed to address that at that moment internally. And how can you do that if you don't have a global program? How do you reach all those folks that are sourcing this particular hotel and give them your strategic message, right? Brand reputations. Estee Lauder has 40 plus brands, so we match properties and uh, services to the brand. We try to find some synergies there. And uh, we also want to make sure our brands are represented around the globe consistently because there's one marketing message, and then that's nuanced to the local market. And I'll give you just one little anecdote here that we discovered when we went into the markets. In Asia, um, I'll just back it up for the women in the room and maybe men too. We have a marketing initiative where you have a vehicle, you buy a product, there's a gift with purchase, right? So you buy some makeup and then they want you to try some more things, you get some samples, they're usually in a little makeup kit that is branded Clinique and maybe has a designer design on it. Well, when you went into the Asian market, their gift with purchase was a rice cooker. Um, it had the Clinique logo on it, but it didn't tie to our marketing message. We were selling makeup. So that's why it's important to really get in and see what's going on. How are, are these messages cascading from the global level, right? So I'm going to say this over and over again, but it's really more important than learning from, we're going to learn from each other, but know your company's strategy, your company's corporate strategy, the strategy for growth, the marketing strategy, it's very key. And then every other strategy lines up under that, okay? Operational efficiencies. Um, so there are many operational efficiencies by streamlining uh, processes. So at Estee Lauder, one of the first things we did was streamline our contracting, streamline documents, streamline processes, streamline the policy so it was more relevant. Uh, that creates efficiencies. And technology and third-party solutions create operational efficiencies. So in a lot of organizations where there isn't a centralized planning department as ours. We have folks who do other jobs, they have other responsibilities, and they might plan only one or two meetings a year. So by taking certain things and automating them for them or outsourcing them, that person can focus on their core role, right? And it keeps things consistent um, and more accurate. I guess we have a question, so I'll pause right here and we'll just remember where we are. Just curious, uh, I'll read the question. Just curious to know if you evaluated priorities and risk from a U.S. perspective or global? Uh, that's a good question. And um, we partnered with our risk team. Um, we partnered with the risk team. And the risk team, I want to answer it 
um, politically correct and right at the same time. The risk team understands on the ground risk, right? How to evacuate, how to do things like that. Operationally was where our team had more experience. So the risk team thought whatever works in US, this will be surprising to you, right? Like they thought we can do this all over the world. I know it can't be done in the world because of technology limitations, data transfer limitations, and, and, and support. Because we wouldn't be support, you're not supporting it from the US. Once you start implementing your risk program, that goes into the local market. And they're managing it. So it's something we phase through. We have technology enablement here. And I'll tell you just briefly what it is. So uh, what happens here, there's uh, technology, there's many. But um, there's one that when a person is traveling and we have an identified high risk um, city, it goes to the security team. And they direct it with that meeting planner or the individual traveler. This model will be implemented in the rest of the world, but it will be different. There'll be different technology solutions and different third parties to, to support it. Um, we did look at from US. It's not what I recommend. I recommend you really look at, um, you can start with the US, start the implementation, but then you're going to have to look at each. It's good to know what's going on in the rest of the world because it might factor into your decision for the solution you have here. And I'm talking about pre-trip approval, that type of thing. Hopefully that answered the question. If not, um, we can go back to it. This is a lot to say about risk and duty of care. Um, so going back to the slide, customer satisfaction. Um, and that goes without saying. Why care about meetings? You want to make sure that these meetings are replicated the right way around the globe and that the folks you have supporting your meetings, whether it's your in-house meetings management team or your third party, are really um, well-versed in meetings in the destination. Uh, that you're visiting. So you might be going, we go to some remote places. Um, we go to Vietnam, we go to Saudi Arabia, we go everywhere around the world. So some places are more developed than others. Um, so you want to make sure in those types of cases that you have the right team in place so that things don't um, go amiss. And when I'm saying amiss, um, things like you know, not having enough Wi-Fi, choosing the right hotel, choosing the right off-site venues. And this helps having global oversight. Right, so you can really see what's going on. Keep it to the local market, but you have somebody looking over the, the whole process. Head to Dallas for your next meeting. With more than 1,800 daily flights into two major airports, Dallas is a stress-free three-hour trip from almost anywhere in the country. And our easy ground transportation options get your meeting attendees going fast. Find out how Dallas delivers at visitdallas.com meetings. Financial opportunities are really key. It wasn't our first choice, but it's important to the relevance of your personal or your professional careers uh, and the functions that you reside in, right? So as um, consulting firms, I'll talk about them later, they, they pay a play a valuable role, uh, but you want to be valuable in your organization and you want to be relevant. And I know everything that we do and I do with my team, I have a team of three people and I have um, one of my colleagues sitting with me today Everything on our annual review has to do with finance. Because how else do I justify if I just do a lot of tasks? So it has to either tie to your earnings per share, savings. In our case, we have 40 plus brands. So we show our value to the brand. If you didn't go through our team, you wouldn't realize this much savings or cost avoidance. So that's important. And efficiency gains, we, we talked about that, that earlier. Um, efficiencies in many, many ways. Okay. so. Analysis elements. 
Um, and I'm starting with compiled data from all possible sources, and I really mean that. You're going to look at, you should look at every, every um, data source that you have in your organization, and then you're going to kind of choose a lane or a combination of sources to, to pull the data from. Because as you start looking at your data, what does it mean? You have a lot of data, and that's where it can be uh, overwhelming again, pulling data from the rest of the world. I sit in North America where we have a pretty mature travel program. Um, I'm lucky enough um, or unlucky enough to sit in a travel department, so my responsibility is both meetings and corporate travel. So that means I've got corporate car data, I have agency data, um, but what we found, you really start with that HR data feed. Start with an HR data feed. If you have a global HR data feed, that's the one element that's consistent worldwide. It tracks all of the employees by employee number, right? And what's key um, when you're talking about integrations, uh, inter technology integrations, how do you integrate technology integrations that are seamless so that you're getting the right data? And we found the HR data feed will do it. You want to take out as much manual process as possible when you're doing an SMM, right? And you're going to be converting manual processes to automated processes, which doesn't mean side by side. It means you're going to shut down a manual process and you're going to move to an automated process. So. I'm just going to stay on this for a moment and talk about two things. We have a technology enabler for sourcing, and we implemented it worldwide before we did any announcement of SMM. Okay? And uh, there are many technology providers here. I took a, a look at, at all of the providers here. There's so many, um, Lanyon and Cvent and many, many others, depending on how large your company is. There's a lot of solutions. I've tried several of them. Um, and as the company grew and our needs grew, we have uh, changed providers, right? So I encourage you to keep looking. But we have a technology provider um, that is implemented around the world and we can use for sourcing. So we meet that IP or indirect procurement discipline. Um, so you enter procurement. Procurement has data. Your finance department through expense reporting has data. Um, it may be good, it may not be good, depending on is there an expense tool in every country. You'll find probably not. They're probably doing things uh, manually. They're probably going through a law a manual um, multi-step approval process. So you might have to change some of that, not too much, but in North America our budgets are approved before we get them. It takes one element out. In the rest of the world they probably have to go through several steps of budget approval. Um, PO systems, credit card data, um, that's where we started actually before technology we had a corporate meeting card. And we used the meeting card just to gather how much spend we have in this category. Um, of meetings and we found it really was just sitting in food and beverage and hotel rooms because folks were using T&E for their air. But um, you'll see later in, in slides later on how mature our program is and how we've, we've tied other factors, other elements together. Vendors, of course you can get data from your vendors. Um, the hotels, when you, you recap a meeting you get all of the, the spend data from the vendors. Um, financial modeling approval, this is where you're going to partner with finance and procurement. Um, not always the most comfortable conversations, I know they haven't been for myself, but really stick to your, your guns when it comes to finance, because they might tell you um, a model that they feel works in other categories that aren't service related. So you have to remember, we're in a service related category, it's, it's a little bit different, and it's important to just pause and make sure you have the right metrics, you all agree on those metrics, and that they're scalable. We can push these metrics out globally and report consistent data. 
because that's what you really want at the end of the day. Um, finance and procurement folks already have models. And then it's up to us to give them the, the business, right? The knowledge of the business and how we source. Um, we actually report savings from, because we don't get budgets from everyone, um, initial offer to final. That's what we've agreed on for savings right now. And that model might change. Industry benchmarks, that's really important just for showing savings. So when you don't have anything, you have a clean slate, look to your technology providers, those agency providers. Um, um, they have lots and lots of resources and data. They've done consulting, and they'll tell you how much savings to expect for a company your size. Uh, compliance and audit, we talked about that before. It's really key. They're going to be part of um, any kind of contract review. If you're negotiating master service agreements, they provide an efficiency solution. They'll be looking those over. When you're standardizing, let's say, hotel addendums, for example, if you want one consistent hotel addendum for the organization, um, it'll be your legal department that looks at that. But you also want to make sure that these processes comply with your internal audit. Um, risk assessment, on this particular slide, what risk assessment means here is the risk of doing nothing. And that's a question I want you to think about. Um, going back to the illustration of the woman with the world on her shoulders, there is a risk to doing nothing um, because consulting firms will come in and tell you what to do. And if you're not part of that conversation, you might not be part of that solution. Um, so this is something I feel very strongly about, really managing the program so that um, you understand the risk of doing nothing at all. Right? And I think we have a question, so we can pause here. Head to Dallas for your next meeting. With more than 1,800 daily flights into two major airports, Dallas is a stress-free three-hour trip from almost anywhere in the country. And our easy ground transportation options get your meeting attendees going fast. Find out how Dallas delivers at visitdallas.com meetings. Okay, in transition with providers, did you lose content? Worth the change in the long run? Really a good question. Excellent question. Um, we did not. And... I don't want to say I'm an overly confident person because I'm not. I'm a really insecure person. However, I, uh, we shut down one technology provider on December 24th, shuttered it, and launched a new one on the same date. And this is at the end of the year when your hotel RFP is finishing up in your air. It was flawless. And the reason it was flawless, it, it doesn't have anything to do with me, but it has to do with when you're doing a project plan, and we'll talk about doing those, getting really knowledgeable project managers. If you have the right technology people, the right person driving the process and driving the deadlines, all the right stakeholders so everybody knows what they're doing and when they're doing it, you, it will not be a surprise. You will know that it will work. But I know a lot of people keep things running simultaneously. Um, I don't think you really have to do that. We're going through, I'm not on this project, but we have a, an expense reporting system that's going to shut down and a new one that's going to, to start. And we're also not going to do that side by side. Same thing, we're going to shutter one and launch the other one. But um, it's really key to getting everything, um, all the aspects that you need into this process. And this is why it's so important that you're sitting at the table rather than a procurement person because not everyone's going to know the questions to ask. And I know even with us, with accounts payable, I have put myself on that team for expense reporting because I need reporting from expenses. I need to know what happens after, what gets expensed. We told you what hotel to stay at, did they actually stay there? Uh, so I'm gonna answer it, it was 100% worth it. We did not lose any content 
and, and we've changed providers several times. I'm happy to talk about that in depth to whoever asked the question. One more question. Who is your technology provider? I would like to meet with you after the session to discuss options. Okay, happy to do that. We work with Cvent right now, and I can tell you why we work with Cvent. We worked with um, several others, and I'd name them, but I think they've merged and acquired and become other companies. Uh, but we started with a small, very simple sourcing um, that worked in 2008 when I was hired. Right? It worked for me then. And then we graduated to a bigger company that was very complicated, but I think works better in a centrally managed program for maybe pharma and finance and law. So you probably know who that is. And then we're with Cvent right now. And why Cvent? It's customizable, it's flexible, it has that global enablement. Um, it's cost effective for us, um, the way our world is, and, uh, and, and, and it works. And they've got a great project team. And I'm sure others do too, but a lot of that will have to do with you and interviewing those folks. So I'm happy to speak more about it, but it is Cvent. Okay, resources. Um, staffing. In any effort, in fact, for me, when I started in 2008 and it was just me, um, it was extremely overwhelming. And I actually worked with IP indirect procurement folks to help me identify, like, how many do I need to hire people? Well, they were very worried. What if you, once you launch your SMM, and how can you manage it all by yourself? Right. And how do I know this with no data? So that's why going back to collecting data from credit cards and maybe a registration link. You have to get an idea of what's going to happen when you turn this on, how many people are going to want your services. And if you're providing a service um, and you're unlocking value and the travelers and the meeting planners are engaged, you're going to get more and more, more business. You know, and, and I talked about brand. I work for a company that's brand, so um, we need to be on brand as well. Right? We want to have a good brand reputation for the, for the work that we put out. So staffing, in-source versus outsourced models. I found it isn't one or the other. Um, you're going to find it's a combination. And when you go around the globe, it'll definitely be a combination. So in North America, we, that's where our headquarters is. So we've got a lot of people working there. Um, and we're sourced pretty well. right? It's, and we don't have that much difficulty hiring people to fulfill roles. When you go out in the rest of the world where budgets are smaller, they're not going to have that, and they may have nobody designated to meetings. Or it could be somebody who has no knowledge, someone who sits in finance, procurement, or marketing, they, but they really don't understand what goes on here, and that's where an outsourced model will work. But remember, you want that outsourced model to tie to your technology, right? So Cvent is engaged, it's a technology enabler, and then all the suppliers that we choose use our instance of Cvent. So I have a central team, in North America, they go through um, Cvent, and then when we launch in the rest of the world, in Germany and in Mexico, for example, they're going through our instance of Cvent. They're different companies, uh, different meetings management companies, but they use our sourcing tool. Okay. Technology and consulting, I talked about that a little bit. So the technology providers that we talked about earlier, Cvent and Lanyon and many others, they also have a lot of tech. Um, consulting services, and they're going to be able to provide you with metrics and data that you need um, when you're going through that sales process or discovery. Um, but find the right technology solution. How can it connect internally? Do you need API integrations? Does it have to connect to your SAP system? Does it need to connect to an HR system? Okay, so th there are a lot of things to think about. And these companies will prompt you, um, but I want you to kind of think about other departments in the organization that you're going to affect because it'll help that dialogue with the technology company. Consulting, 
A.T. Kearney, McKinsey, we've talked to all of them at Estee Lauder. They've stayed away from meetings. Um, I don't want to say stayed away. I actually presented my business case, which we'll talk about, um, on how we source meetings. And so we're not in the track of things that need to be streamlined at Estee Lauder. Meetings is outside of it. They're helping us in other areas um, where we actually need help. But on the meeting side, we meet that criteria, um, and they helped us just maybe with a little bit of language in our, in our policy, and that was about it. Um, internal and external full-time equivalent costs, always looking at that. So as companies um, get leaner and sometimes folks are let go or they retire, people aren't replaced. Or also look at the full-time equivalent in terms of what is the cost. In our case, we, this is what we did. We had people doing very manual things, but they had a high role. Maybe they were a director, but they're managing a manifest. So I had to figure out, what, does this, what is this annual salary? How much time does it take for her to do this task? And what's the efficiency gained by outsourcing that to somebody else? So that person can really be a strategic thinker and focus on their core role. These are things you're going to look at as well, right? And factor in, what is the external FTE cost? What is your internal FTE cost? So math gets involved, and math is going to be your friend when you go through this process. So if you don't know math very well, you're going to find someone in your organization who's very good at math um, because it's going to be a lot of numbers will support. Okay? Change management costs, we talked about that. I mean, that's key to, to Im the implementation. So rather than manage to time, I know a lot of people do, you, you can push out your deadline and just measure to effectiveness. Right? You really want it to be quality in any relationship, anyone at all. If you rush it, it's probably not the best thing to do. If you wait and phase through it, you'll have a better outcome. Yeah. Okay. Roll out communications and training. Lots of ways to do this. Um, we were able to obtain some prime real estate on our intranet. Now, at the time, the intranet was a very valuable place to have real estate, and it still is. It still is. But I think the other thing we have to look at is, what are your employees using? Are they going to global internets or are they looking at apps on their phone, on their mobile device? Where do people go to find information? If you have a lot of compliance in your organization, everybody must go to your intranet. That's a great place to be. That's where we are. Um, and what we've done, we have a registration link. We have a travel portal. It's actually one-stop shopping. So you go into the travel portal. You plan and book. You register a meeting. That gets steered to a meetings team, either internally or externally. We have it set up that way. Um, but you want to make it as streamlined um, as possible for the person who's booking uh, because otherwise why use your service line? Or if you're in a company that you're competing with um, meetings management companies, let's say you have a bid, you're in a profit center, and you cost this much, but they could go to an outside vendor if it costs less. This is where you're going to want to make them want to come through your service line. Um, and then funding models. Um, oh, training, going back to that. So we train on-site. Um, we train through WebExes. We train through announcements on the intranet. Um, we actually go to brands. I find that very valuable. We, I like to go as high up as we can, go to a brand manager, a brand president, um, many, many champions within your organization. It's really, really key. Um, and then funding models, um, commission versus non-commission, right? Do you want net rates? Do you want a commission-based model? They, they both make sense. Just depends on where you are, because a commission-based based model can cover some of the costs, and then net commissions um, work for others. Um, outsourcing versus an internal staff. And then looking at your technology provider, we had um, 
we had a certain negotiated some terms that when we decided to go to the rest of the world, it was really too expensive. It was too expensive to replicate, so we had to go back and renegotiate it to make it more attractive. And also look with your third parties. Will they cover any of your costs of implementation? Okay. But many, many different funding models. And we have a question, so we'll pause here. Head to Dallas for your next meeting, and your attendees will get the added benefit of vibrant entertainment options and unforgettable experiences at every turn. Whether it's heart-pounding sports action, a night of arts and culture, or world-class dining and shopping options, the big moment is waiting in Dallas for even the most diverse groups. Find out how Dallas delivers big at visitdallas.com meetings. How many travelers is your team managing globally and how many meetings annually? Okay, um, that's a good question. So I have a, um, a central team uh, that we manage meetings going out to the rest of the world. And then if you sit in Paris or Hong Kong or Mexico, you're sourcing from those cities into the rest of the world. So I'm actually going to um, ask Victoria, who sits on my team and leads hotels as a category, um, if she knows the actual number. Um, makeup artists and counter staff, as well as anyone that sits in corporate. As far as how many meetings we have, that's actually what we're trying to determine. So through our centralized team, last year we did about 350 meetings that we actually sourced end to end. And then this is only for contracts being signed out of North America. But I would, based on like looking at American Express card data, I'd estimate that to be much, much higher. Um, so we still need to get we still need to get people to come through our department in North America, even though we have the process in place. And then with each affiliate, it really depends. In Paris, where we have reporting and technology, we know that they do about 100 meetings annually. But right now, I'm working on the implementation for Germany, and they actually have no clue whatsoever because they don't because everything's through manual PO invoices. Um, so unfortunately, it's not actually a question that we can fully answer, and that I think goes back to why it's so important to have the technology so that we can actually get the statistics on that. Okay, so presenting the business case. Uh, so presenting the business case, this is an area where you can get stuck in, in research and, and development, if you will. Um, and I can say even for myself, I got stuck with, with a lot of words. And a little bit has to do with like where you are um, in your career right, or in your, in your meetings management program, because you know, anything that's very, very difficult, a professional makes it look really, really easy, right, there are less words. So um, making a clear recommendation, it's less words because the folks you're presenting to, the high-level executives, don't care what's being done. They want to see the solution. What's the benefit to the organization? What's the benefit to that region? And that's gonna be dollars and cents, uh, operational efficiencies, all the things we talked about earlier. So you can be very, very concise. You can have appendixes and supporting documentation you know, at your fingertips or behind it, but when you're presenting, it's gonna be a clear and articulate message because you want them to say yes, right? You definitely want to get somebody behind you. Um, I can tell you just a little bit about my career at Estee Lauder. When I was hired, I wasn't even hired for this role. I was hired to manage technology that they had purchased a year prior and not used. So they didn't understand. They thought someone will come in and technology does something and this person will just um, monitor it. 
but technology does nothing, nothing at all. And you know, any of you who work with sourcing, uh, you know that you send a bid out, and then the conversation begins with your supplier. The technology doesn't do anything. Uh, so the role changed. It became a much bigger role, um, and I've taken on a much bigger role uh, as a result of it. So um, clear communication. Stakeholders, spend some time identifying your executive sponsor, very key. We found, um, you know, we think, well, our executive sponsor should be finance. We work in a shared service department. But maybe right now, our getting more teeth in the program is getting that duty of care or security person as our executive sponsor. HR, HR data transformation, right? Might change, but get an executive sponsor. Stakeholders. Stakeholders are key in your organization. So they're either going to be at the function level, at the brand level, at the country level. Um, for us, we've got leads around the globe. So we've got um, affiliates around the globe, and then we have travel leads in Paris, um, Hong Kong, Sao Paulo, Mexico City. Um, Toronto, we have a partnership, uh, North America, so we, we manage that together. But you're going to get stakeholders that you're going to meet with, and they're going to help you develop your plan. Um, again, you're going to keep it high level. You'll develop an organizational model, a hierarchy. This is also important for, for HR, right? You want an organizational model that says, this person owns the project, um, this person reports to this person, and this is dotted line here. So take time to create that organizational model, because somebody's going to ask you for it. Who's responsible for what? The strategic plan that lines up with your strategy for your organization. So whatever your corporate strategy is, your strategic plan for the SMM has to fit that as well as each country's plan. So you're going to have to know what are the priorities in those countries because meetings management might fall very low. Um, and then project workflow by region, you'll work that out with your, either your technology provider or your meetings management um, company that you're working with. And we talked about that before, like being very keen on who's assigned to what and sticking to your, your goals and your timelines. Um, okay, the SMM global model. There are many steps um, published for creating an SMM. Step one, step two, step three. Uh, my recommendation to you is to customize it to what works best for you. I know um, certain organizations could have 100 steps in SMM, start here and go here. And you might get stuck if you're trying to make it work because it, it doesn't work for everybody. So find out what works for you. This is our implementation plan for Estee Lauder. Um, and this is how we're broken out around the globe. We have APAC, Asia Pacific, um, Europe, Middle East, Africa, Latin America, North America, and the United Kingdom. They sit outside of everybody else. Um, and I'll talk about why there are no check marks there. So you see in um, every region, we have sourcing, that's Cvent the technology, Cvent, um, and other technologies to, to support travel. Meetings registration link, that's launched globally. It's even launched in the UK, but we'll tell you why that's not checked. Um, electronic sourcing, we have that. That's soon to happen in Latin America, but implemented. So you can see the point is you implement whichever based on readiness. So if somebody's not ready, rather than push, go to another country. If a brand wasn't ready, we go to another brand. Right? Because some of your, your, I'll say, maybe more legacy brands or functions, it can be harder to move them. And you'll get more reception from, from another brand function. So that's what we've found. 
uh, and then eventually they get on the bandwagon. Budget approval, that's key. Um, we don't have that in North America. We actually get the budget approved before we start the sourcing effort. Um, savings reporting, only doing it in North America. Why? Because we, we need to come up with consistent metrics in the rest of the world. Until they agree to, to the metrics, um, we'll, we'll wait on that. Travel integration, that's that group air service line. So when we talk about technology integrations, another integration is uh, how are you booking? Are you booking through an online booking tool for meetings? Are you booking through a meetings management company? And group air is very different from corporate travel, so you'll have a group air service line integration. We have that in North America. We'll be implementing that in the rest of the world. Um, third parties, we talked about those. They could be for sourcing um, as well as meetings management, but find somebody who does one or everything that you need, and you can kind of plug in as you go. So the UK, no check marks except third party. Looks like it's not managed, but it is. It's managed at a regional level. They have regional visibility, and they're leveraging their regional assets. Could they benefit from a global program? Yes, because then they're optimizing and unlocking value at a global level, leveraging global assets, global supplier relationships. So for them, it makes sense. They didn't want to upset the apple cart. So IP came in, and the UK was doing things a certain way. So they said, hey, let's work with the suppliers we work with right now, but let's put some contracts in place. They didn't have contracts, so they're starting at, at a different phase. And eventually, all of those check marks will be there when, when they're ready. Question. What is Estee Lauder proud of in maintaining intimacy and employee engagement within the world of policies and procedures? Yes, thank you. Very good question. Very important to Estee Lauder. Um, some of you that know me know my story. When I was hired, I was told, we don't care how smart you are. Um, I thought that was very important. We care whether or not we like you. And what they mean is, do you fit in? Do you fit into the organization? Do you understand us? We're 40 plus brands. So what's really important to the success of our program, and important to myself and my team, is traveler engagement. So we bring suppliers together. We do a global travel day in North America. We'll replicate this around the world where all of our key suppliers, you meet them, you meet the airlines, you meet the hotels, you understand duty of care and risk. You're going to meet ISOS. That's who we use for risk security, um, medical issues. You're going to meet this team. That's a very key, making things easy. Once they know we understand the brand and we find out what, what do you need? How can I make your job better? How can I, because they want to focus on the business, right? The business drives the business and we can't have them here doing lots of administrative things. So that's where we provide our value. That's where, you know, Victoria's really made a name for herself in terms of her service line. Um, they don't call it the, the service line, the meeting service line. It's, it's very personal. They want to, everybody wants to talk to Victoria, right? So it's, it's key. And question. Um, have you found any particular region to be more challenging, resistant to this implementation? Um, the answer is yes, two of them. I won't name them. Um, maybe three. But <laughs> some of your challenges aren't country. They're, they're the person. If you're not resource right, if you have the wrong person in the role, it will never work. And we had the wrong person in the role. If you have a very tactical person, if you have someone who can only think of doing things a certain way, it won't work. And we experienced that challenge. We experienced the challenge of wasn't in their skill set. Someone who you cannot take uh, manual and translate it into automated, right? They thought, oh, you must do them, do this and do this. No, it was the wrong person. So, um, yeah. 
countries, yeah, countries will be challenging, um, but you can work with them. But you need to do your understand Mexico, understand the laws, understand how do um, well, how do the laws work in Mexico for expense reporting, for data release. Once you understand it, you can work with Mexico, Germany, same thing, data release. That's very important. So how do you manage through that? So you're going to find out from your constituents what is important in your country. Then you find the solution for them. And we can go, we're done with the slide. Um, okay, so here's, um, this is the question based on the, the question that was just asked. This is my question for the audience. What region is most ready for SMM implementation in your organization? Um, so most folks in the room still tweaking, say North America. Um, great, great, and it's, and it's a great place to start. Maybe you're headquartered here in North America, um, and maybe you know most about North America, so it makes sense to start from that vantage point. It's something that you know, and then let's see what's second. So EMEA looks like it's in second place. That makes sense from what I know, um, and then APAC coming in third. Um, APAC, you know, depending, can be very, very ready, and when you think about countries, um, one thing we've learned is in countries where they're already used to laws and rules, once you start your SMM, it's going to go pretty well, right? Because you're not going to have pushback. They want structure. They want rules. They want guidelines. They want to know what to do. So um, in APAC, they might not be doing things the way you do them, right? They might go through different multiple processes, lots of layers. But could they streamline things? Yes, they could. And, and will they? Yes, they will, because they're, they're very used to working within a structured environment. And in MIA, that's country by country. Some are more apt to like rules than others. Interesting. But we have another slide that we'll, um, we'll go to. And this is, which region poses, poses the most challenges in your mind, knowing whatever you know today? Important to know what's going to go well and address maybe some some challenges. Yeah. Yes. Latin America. Correct. Um, I have to agree. Um, actually, I, I agree, but I'm going to say this. Um, Latin America is a success story for Estee Lauder. It's a success story. And why is it a success story? Number one, the people in Latin America want to work with you. They, they want to work with you. They want to find solutions but they work in very complicated countries with very complicated laws, right? It makes things difficult. But they found a way to make things work despite all those complications of the countryside they work in, maybe political complications. Um, I go to Mexico City once a year, sometimes more than once a year, but I have fallen in love with Mexico, as complicated as it is. Um, and there were times I thought, well, I'm gonna throw in the towel because now they just did another law and this won't work. But it will work. It will 100% work because the people are going to, you're going to have people resources, number one. Um, but it's just finding the what is the right solution to work. It looks like you can't do it, but you definitely will be able to do it. We've gone through several um, solution sets, I'll say just for Mexico. And now we found one that we feel it's, it's going to work, uh, meet the brand initiatives, meet all those laws and legal requirements. Um, so we're quite excited about it. But I'm not surprised by, by the voting. But I would say stick with Latin America um, because you definitely, at least you have folks who are very eager um, to make this work. Yep. And I believe that might be my last slide. I'm not sure. Do we have, oh yeah, going global. Okay, 
So I have one more question. Oh, as we all know, meetings would go so much better if no one spoke. Um, I sit in a, a lot of those meetings. Um, and you're going to sit in meetings like those too, right? You're going to hear from a lot of different people. Based on your program today, how likely are you to implement a meetings program, SMM, within the next one to three years? Excellent. Good. I, I hope that means, okay, maybe likely. Uh, oh, here we go again. Um, well, I hope you got some insight uh, into, into SMM. Um, I'm happy to talk to anybody afterwards and address questions either online or in person. Um, and as I said, I've gone a couple of different ways and stepped back and started over again. But I would say hang in there. I'm very excited about Estee Lauder and, uh, and our further expansion into the rest of the world. And I'm, I'm happy to see that you're all going to do it at some time or another. Do we have um, time for any other questions? Okay. Taking the existing sourcing technology processes into regard, where can DMOs, sales reps, be an influencer in the destination sourcing process? They, uh, does this mean D CVBs? Oh, okay. Um, so we use CVBs through Cvent. So we would put them into, we, we use them a couple of ways. So we use them outside of Cvent when a planner is sourcing, right? They'll go into a market and then we work with, you know, the, the CVB to look at hotels and go on site inspections. We work hand in hand. Um, and then we can integrate them in Cvent so they're the first, it, it depends on the brand and the process, but they could be the first lead so that they're doing the sourcing for us on behalf of Estee Lauder. Um, so whether it's um, a CVB, a DMC, like a Helms Briscoe, they can be integrated into technology. Yeah, so if you want to use them, but you want to use your own reporting, then you make sure they go through your instance. If your program, and this is perfectly okay, um, you want to use their data, just stick with one. Just stick with one. You could stick with the, the DMC, uh, the CVB data, and that's what you report to finance. But if you have technology, I would integrate them into your own. Uh, they know how to do it. Good question. Okay. And um, that concludes the session. I want to thank you all for joining me. I, I hope you got a lot out of it. And uh, again, feel free to reach out to me if I can help you with anything else. To earn CEUs, go to pcma.org podcast and complete the form. Thank you for listening to the PCMA Education Corporate Events Podcast Series.